Greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Folks, this episode of the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast brought to us by our friends at the United States Concealed Carry Association, where they help responsible Americans like you prepare for what happens before, during, and after an act of lawful self-defense. And with the rampant crime situation that we have in the United States of America today, we need people that are focused on their self-defense. USCCA members get life-saving education, expert training, plus self-defense liability insurance. These benefits provide more than 500,000 USCCA members with the peace of mind that they deserve. Plus, a USCCA membership is always risk-free with their 100% money-back bulletproof guarantee. No pun intended. Membership is truly an investment worth exploring. Click learn more below right now to activate your United States Concealed Carry Association membership. Click learn more right now. And remember, the USCCA is not an insurance company. A policy has been issued to the USCCA by Universal Fire and Casualty Insurance Company. That policy provides the association and its members with self-defense liability insurance subject to its terms, conditions, limitations, and exclusions. You know, we just finished a really incredible midterm election cycle. And most midterm election cycles are issues-based, and so you don't see a lot of people come out. But the issues in this midterm election cycle were so prevalent. They were so visible. They were part of the everyday life of the American citizen. And it was hard to deny it. I mean, Joe Biden can step up there and say that when I came into office, gasoline was $5. No, it wasn't. It was, on average, $2.39. When I came into office, inflation was already bad, and then Vladimir Putin made inflation bad. No. When you came into office, inflation in the United States of America was about 1.4%, 1.5%. And before, before anything happened in Ukraine, you had already taken it up to a little over 7%. And then, of course, it just skyrocketed to 9.1%. We look at what has happened with our energy security, energy independence. We look at what has happened with our economic security. We look at what has happened with our border security. In the Biden administration, 5 million people have come into this country illegally. Almost a million. We don't even know who they are, how they got here. Hundreds have been captured. They're on the terrorist watch list. If we caught 100, I would say probably 300 have gotten through. And one of the things that you're supposed to do, as according to Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution, the Guarantee Clause, is that 
The federal government is supposed to guarantee to every state in the union a Republican form of government. Notice a Republican form of government, not Republican Party, but a Republican form of government, which means the rule of law and respect of individual rights, freedoms, and liberties. That's what you got to guarantee to every state. And then the other thing is to guarantee to protect them from invasion. That ain't happening either. But see, the whole thing coming into this election about this is a threat to democracy. This is a threat to democracy. Democracy will end. This is going back to Germany. This is the end of the world. All of that over-the-top hyperbolic rhetoric. The view, Sonny Hostin saying that suburban white female voters comparing them to roaches because they don't think murdering unborn babies in the womb is, is important. An NBC commentator that sits up there and says that, you know, you vote Republicans, they're going to arrest our children and then they're going to kill them. Last time I checked, the only people wanting to kill our children and babies are the members of the party of the jackass. They want to kill them in the womb, and then if they're able to survive, which that's questionable too because in Maryland and California they want to just allow babies who survive an abortion to just bleed out, die out. That's infanticide. Those weren't issues that the American people were concerned about. The American people were concerned about the issues of just being safe when they go out and about. The American people were concerned about issues about their children. Because parents are the parents. The government is not the parents. What Terry McAuliffe said a year ago, that parents have no right to decide what their children are being taught, that lit a a match. But the people on the left didn't get it. They just double, triple, quadruple down. And look at the results. See, when I hear these folks talk about threat to democracy, this is not about a threat to democracy. It's about a threat to the Democrat Party. It's about a threat to the progressive socialist ideological agenda. That's what the threat is. And let me just give you an example of some of the hypocrisy of Democrats when they're talking about threats to democracy. Who are the people that are running around talking about censoring free speech? Not Republicans. But isn't free speech... One of our constitutional rights right there, First Amendment, Bill of Rights, freedom of expression, right to petition your government for redress of grievances, right to peacefully, peaceably assemble, freedom of religion, free exercise thereof, all these things. But yet we now know the Biden administration was working with big tech to censor free speech to censor people that are out there on these social media platforms of these private companies. Why is the government doing that? And and this is not refutable. Is not censorship a threat to democracy? Is not censorship an example of fascism? I mean, when James Clyburn goes on Fox News Sunday and starts talking about, we're going back to 1930s Germany. This is like Hitler. Well, Nazi stood for National Socialist. <laughs> I guess Clyburn's been up there in Congress too long drinking that swamp water. Fascism is when you go out and you suppress opposing thoughts, perspectives, insights, speech of others, your political opposition. That's exactly what the Democrats are doing. But yet, isn't that a threat to democracy? They're the only ones doing it.
Let me give you another example of a threat to democracy, ending the filibuster. See, there's a reason why in the Senate, the upper body of our legislative branch at the federal government level, you have to clear 60 votes. Not a simple majority like what you have in the United States House of Representatives. Because we don't want to see things just get ramrodded through. Ideological agendas just get ramrodded through. The Senate is that test of whether or not this is something that abides by our rule of law and upholds the principles and values of this constitutional republic. But who are the ones talking about ending the filibuster so they can get their way and they can ram everything right through? But I tell you what, you will not hear them talk about ending the filibuster in the minority in the Senate. Remember, it was Harry Reid that changed the whole thing about judges from the filibuster 60, the 60 vote clearance, the cloture clearance, to just a simple majority. And then all of a sudden the left gets upset when it's Donald Trump, Mitch McConnell in the Senate and all these Supreme Court justices and, and judges get through. Oh, well, guess what? You did it to yourselves. But isn't that a threat to democracy when you want to talk about ending the filibuster? And oh, by the way, let me remind you of the longest running filibuster in United States history in the Senate. It was the Senate Democrats filibustering against the Civil Rights Act of 1964. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 passed because of Senate, Senator Everett Dirksen and the Republicans. That's how it got through. But yet, that's not a threat to democracy. See, threat to democracy is the bird whistle, a dog whistle, a gaslighting, whatever you want to say, whatever's culturally appropriate. But that's their signal to say that this is a threat to us. This is a threat to the progressive socialist status Marxist ideological agenda. We want to be in total power and control. And anyone that stands up against that, that's a threat to us. And so they cloak it under a threat to democracy. Let me give you another example. Packing the Supreme Court. All of a sudden, the Supreme Court comes down. A constitutional decision with Roe v. Wade. Supreme Court, according to Article 3 of the Constitution, they don't make laws. They don't make rights and grant rights. They're supposed to interpret the law. Law is supposed to be done over in the legislative branch, and then they're sent over to the executive branch. The executive branch is supposed to enforce law. The Supreme Court is supposed to interpret the law. We've gotten all upside down. So what does the left say? Let's just put more of our folks in there. Let's just pack the court with more progressive socialists, more judicial activists. You didn't hear anybody talk about packing the Supreme Court back when they were deciding we shouldn't have prayer in school. You didn't hear, you know, Republicans or constitutional conservatives talk about packing the Supreme Court when they came down in 1973, which opened the doors for 60 million babies to be murdered by dismemberment in the womb. But now all of a sudden when the left does not get their way, we need to pack the Supreme Court. Is that not a threat to democracy? No, of course not. Because it's what we want. We being the progressive socialist left, a.k.a. the Democrat Party, the party of the jackass. That cannot be allowed to happen. Ending the Electoral College. We don't need no doggone stinking Electoral College. Everything should be based upon the popular vote. And see, our founding fathers never meant for us to have a pure democracy because a pure democracy leads to tyranny. But that's what the left wants. When they're in the minority, they're tenacious. When they're in the majority, they're tyrannical. And they want that tyranny. 
And so all the talk about ending electoral college. Because we don't think that there should be a fairness. If you want to end the electoral college, then you should end the Senate. Because if we have just this thing called the House of Representatives, which is based upon citizenship, and oh, by the way, the left wants the redistricting and the allocation of congressional districts and seats to be based upon population, just a number, which is why they're flooding this country with illegals. Because they want them to be counted. Not citizens, just anybody here. That's not a threat to democracy. But getting back to what we're saying, and in the Electoral College, they want the United States of America to be ruled over by a simple majority, like you would see in the United States House of Representatives. Instead of having this thing called the Senate, where you have equal ability, in that equity between every state, two senators. So Rhode Island is the same as, as, as California and, and New Hampshire is the same as Texas, whatever. It doesn't matter how small it be. Montana, all that, that size. Alaska, all that size. They still got two senators, even though they only have maybe in Montana 800,000 people. But they have that equal vote. And the electors are apportioned in those states based upon their congressional representation, their senators and their congressional districts. But they want to get rid of that. So the left has come up with this thing called the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact, where all of these blue states are coming together and saying that we don't care what people vote for in our respective states. Our electors are always going to go to whoever wins the popular vote, which means as long as the left controls the major population centers, and we see that here in Texas where I live, Dallas-Fort Worth area, Austin-Travis County, Houston-Harris County, San Antonio-Bear County, El Paso, El Paso County, Corpus Christi. See, they just want that power and control. But that's not a threat to democracy. Voting against them is a threat to democracy. Voting in your own interests, as Sonny Hostin said, is like roaches voting for raid. See, the suburban soccer moms are not interested in murdering their children in the womb. They're interested in being able to ensure their kids get a quality education, that they can put the gasoline in their vehicle to take them to soccer practices or take them to school, period. They're worried about indoctrination and not education. They're worried about being able to provide an adequate home and household where they're not struggling to make ends meet. So all of this talk about threats to democracy, all of this talk about murdering unborn babies in the womb, is because the left was focused on their ideological agenda. They were not focused on the agenda of the American people. And normally you find that the left is a little bit better than this. But they got so weighed in to their one single point of attack. And it didn't work. They didn't listen to the American people. Poll after poll after poll. I mean, they thought that, oh, we're going to rile people up in the, in, the, in the summer because of this leak of the Supreme Court decision. And we're going to get people fired up. But guess what? At the end of the day, 
It was economic issues. It was inflation. It was the gas prices that have ticked right back up. And there's no solution. Just suck it up because we want you to have to buy an electric vehicle. We're going to close down all the coal plants. We're not going to try to restore oil and gas or even nuclear. We're going to put wind and solar at the preeminence of everything, even though we can't sustain it. We don't care about our national security. We don't care about the fact that we could not make our recruiting and retention goals in our United States military. But our military knows the proper pronouns to use. We don't care that our border is unsecure because actually we're telling you the border is secure. So whatever you see with all these people coming across the border from 140, 150 different countries, don't believe what you see. Only believe what we tell you. We have control of the border and the border is secure. Even though we're allowing hundreds of thousands of Americans to die because of the drugs that have come across that border. But that's not a concern. The sex trafficking, the human trafficking. We're more so mad about Ron DeSantis sending 50 people <laughs> to Martha's Vineyard. We're going to investigate that. But 5 million people come across the border illegally? That's, that's okay. It's not a threat to our sovereignty. It's not a threat to our democracy. Because even on top of that, we're going to allow those illegals to vote. That's not a threat to democracy because it's what we want. We're progressive socialists. We want to stay in power. We want to implement and institute our tyranny against you. Your kids are not your kids. They're our kids, so says the government. And we're telling you if your little boy doesn't want to be a little boy, we're going to help him become a little girl. If your little girl doesn't want to be a little girl, we're going to help him become a little boy. And we're not going to tell you. And we're going to groom your kids. We're going to sexualize your kids. We don't care that our standards for reading and math are falling off the precipice. Just as long as we can continue to drag kids to drag queen shows. That's what's most important. That's why they lost. But the bottom line is this. They're not going to stop. They're not going to come back and say we were wrong. They're just going to say you're still a racist. You're still a roach. You're still dumb. You're still a threat to democracy. And you're the reason that the country's going to end, even though the country's not going to end. I've never seen a group of people that hate the country so much, but they refuse to leave. They just want to fundamentally transform it. They want the equal sharing of misery. And you know why I'm so glad about this election cycle? Because the end of this week is Veterans Day. And we're going to be honoring all of those men and women who stood up and raised their right hand, who said they'd support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign domestic. They would bear true faith and allegiance to the same. They took that obligation freely without any purpose of evasion or mental reservation. So help me God. And you all stood up and took that oath, too. You don't have to be a uniform member of our armed services to support and defend the Constitution. What you just did was support and defend, protect and preserve 
the longest-running constitutional republic that the world has ever known against the real threats to it. But they're not going away. So you got to continue to fight. You got to continue to fight at the local level elections, city council, school boards. You got to continue to make sure the county commission. You got to continue to make sure that you're tracking what's going on in your local schools, colleges, and universities and say no more. Take a stand. Because in the end, it feels a whole lot better to take a stand than to take a knee. Unless you're taking a knee to go down in prayer. It's going to be a happy Veterans Day because we stood up against the real threats to this constitutional republic. And that, my friends, will be something that our children and grandchildren remember about us in this moment and going forward. Step fast and Before they burn it down